is NAB Show Live. What is the status of cloud technology today? What can we do and what can we still not do? Alex? So, so, so certainly uh, Wasabi Technologies is a public cloud storage provider. So we have a lot of experience in, in working with customers on migration to the cloud. And uh, by a lot of our estimates, about 20% of the customer base, particularly in the media and entertainment segment, has moved to embrace the cloud in one form or another. So certainly we've seen a lot of progression and movement and adoption of the cloud in the, in the past couple of years. And certainly there's been some changes on the economics side of things that make that even more possible. And I think certainly some of the technology that Alex's team has delivered to the market has also been responsible for that migration as well. All right, um, Alex. Yeah, and um, I believe that uh, the, the cloud has uh, gone through, like you said, a transition in this uh, vertical. Mm -hmm. uh, the cloud, first of all, is, uh, is not something that is homogeneous, it's a, a set of services and uh, it's compute, storage, uh, AI, uh, cognitive services, uh, a lot of things that are um, valuable for this industry. But uh, this industry has been traditionally very focused on performance and yes. it's still very focused on performance because yeah. of the, you know, all the great new technologies that emerge. And uh, originally the cloud was not very suitable because of its uh, uh, performance requirements and that's I believe one of the reasons why this industry has been considered relatively conservative on its adoption to the cloud. Absolutely. But this is changing. Uh, right now the cloud is becoming more and more accessible both from an economics and performance standpoint and we're seeing more and more people wanting to, to move some part of their production, whether it be storage, compute, rendering, et cetera, to the cloud, and that's clearly a process that you can see. Yeah, that you, I mean, I think you bring up a really important point, is that um, media and entertainment is a very conservative industry. You know, they talk about the studios turning like an ocean liner, that it takes a long time to turn towards anything new because the big emphasis is on performance. Yes, it's true, but uh, this is not just because of their business, but it's because of the technical requirements, you know, that setting up uh, a high-performing uh, production environment uh, takes a lot of effort and a lot of people are really responsible and they don't want to take the chances of introducing new technologies unless they really believe that this is something that would bring value. And the cloud has proven recently that it actually brings value and that's why we see this turning point. Well, I, you know, to that point, Bob, maybe you can shed some light on this because it sounds like you're worldwide, you're going around the world um, talking to people about cloud technologies. What kind of feedback are you getting and how has that changed over the years? Sure, so Tiger being more of a high performance or traditionally a high performance storage data management type company, um, we've seen that shift, uh, media industry and other industries alike, media is starting to look at the cloud and the cost of cloud and the performance of cloud being more and more attractive, um, being able to do disaster recovery, the resiliency of cloud beyond you know, the, the managing the uh, machines and, and all of the disks required on-prem and all the maintenance that comes along with that, you know, those added costs, the, the cloud is, is really addressing some of those issues, um, being able to optimize your administrative staff. Uh, but, you know, there was original shift was the thought that everything needed to go to the cloud and everybody thought it was, it was cloud or nothing, <laughs> but now we're seeing this hybrid approach and Tiger having both, you know, started at on-prem, being able to handle low latency, high performance, but having data management and our newest uh, product, the bridge, being able to sort of blend that, that on-prem and the cloud 
giving customers the ability to have a bit of both and benefit from uh, you know, the performance and the cost of cloud as well as being able to do the, the applications that require the low latency and the content, the creativity needed on-prem. Well, I, I know that this hybrid model has been popular for a while, so it's interesting to hear that people are still kind of following that model. Um, let's dig deep, a little more deeply into your companies. Tell, can you tell me, Alex, a bit more about Tiger Technology? When were you founded? How has the company evolved over the years? Oh, well, I mean, uh, we, we started and we have been in this uh, vertical for 15 years now, and we as a company have uh, started and we're still serving our customers with, by providing uh, shared storage solutions. Uh -huh. uh, with, uh, uh, low, you know, very high performance, low latency, something that is similar and used in uh, thousands of facilities across the world for post-production, uh, color correction, uh, uh, some broadcasting. So that's what we have been doing for all, all these years. Uh, of course, now with the, with the cloud uh, entering the stage, so to say, more, more and more uh, effectively, we we actually. Uh, decided to take the approach of uh, producing a, a hybrid shared storage workflow, mm -hmm. which introduces the cloud as a, as a native part of your on-prem workflow. Because we still can clearly see that the majority of the work in this industry is done on-prem for a variety of reasons. Although there is some shift to the cloud, but it's still in the very early, early stages. stages so. Yes, yes. So our goal is to facilitate this move and allow people to take advantage of the cloud uh, the cloud benefits, uh, that includes uh, <clears throat> uh, different tiers of storage, that includes effective uh, compute, that includes AI services, cognitive services, so all, all these things that people are looking to use in the cloud. Uh, we want to make sure the transition from the on-prem uh, storage workflows to the cloud uh, is very native and does not require the facilities to change their daily routine. And when did you start um, embracing the cloud solution as part of a hybrid? We, yeah, we started doing, uh, we, we use technology that we have developed for many years, but uh, more focused, we started doing it for the last two years. Mm -hmm. And we can clearly see a lot of things changing over these two years in this industry. So I'm interesting, was it a learning curve for you to adopt? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, it's learning curve for us, it's learning curve for our customers. Yeah. Uh, we spend a lot of effort uh, kind of uh, talking with customers, getting their feedback, trying to see why, where their resilience towards moving to the cloud comes from and how we can address that. We have adjusted our products so they can feel comfortable. And I think that we're there and we have a lot of customers that actually well, that's great. Can you tell me, I mean, you, you are in the media and entertainment space. Are there any customers or success stories you can talk about in helping people move to the cloud? Uh, yeah, we clearly we, uh, say, for example, we had a uh, recent installation, uh, I'm from Europe in Hungary, about moving their entire video archive, uh, you know, that they, that they uh, digitize, uh, digitize mm -hmm. on-prem, but they want to move it and store it to the cloud where it's more convenient to be uh, capable for streaming for, uh, for public customers. Mm -hmm. This is one thing that we did recently and it's been a very good story. Um, so. Great, thank you very much. Well, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about Wasabi? Sure, so Wasabi Technologies is focused on cloud object storage. So this is a type of storage that's very suitable for the media and entertainment segment. 
We've been offering our service for over two years. We have over 6,500 paying customers at this point, including many in the media and entertainment segment. We have a specific focus on delivering price, performance, and protection advantages over some of the offerings from Amazon Web Services. One of the things that we've observed in the market is that um, the move, and particularly in the media and entertainment segment, to adopt public cloud storage maybe hasn't moved along as fast as many would like, mainly because the economics were not that attractive. Uh, but when you look at the fact that we're able to deliver cloud storage at 80% less than the Amazon equivalent, that becomes a game changer for many customers in media and entertainment. So, what we're seeing is taking place, particularly when it comes to moving from tape. So a lot of the media and entertainment assets are stored on tape. And uh, tape is a great low cost way of retaining that asset, uh, but it makes it very hard to access it. So if you ever need to go back and, and look at content you produced five or 10 years ago, it's, it's very cumbersome to do that with tape. So we see a lot of trend towards de-archiving of tape vaults and then bringing them to public cloud. I, I think the technology that Alex's company brings to the table plays an important role in that because we are just cloud storage and we rely on a deep network of partners to help with the migration of all this trapped premises data to the cloud. I mean, that sounds, uh, I've worked in the tape world before and the idea of taking an entire tape-based tape vault and moving it to the cloud sounds daunting. How do people do it? I mean, it's it certainly, you know, we do our part in providing very low cost, high performance, highly protected cloud storage, but this is where the role of Alex and Bob's company comes into play because the proper conversion of tape to a format that's suitable for the cloud does require some specialized technology and expertise, and we're fortunate to have partners like Tiger Technology to help deliver on that mission. Well, I do want to get to that, but first I have to ask you one other question, which is sure. how are you able to bring costs down 80%? That's a very big figure. It is a, a big um, a mission for us, and, and, and certainly it's, it's a part of our strategy is really commoditize cloud storage, and, and that will make it more available to the masses. Uh, we've done some very interesting things with regard to designing our own file system. Our engineers have been working on cloud storage for over 15 years back to a company called Carbonite, which is really cloud storage 1.0. is kind of focused more on the consumer market. And just as Alex's team has learned a lot uh, in their many years of experience in media and entertainment, we've learned a lot about how to optimize the usage of disk resources so that we're able to get almost 99% utilization out of a disk drive. And it's a combination of a number of things we're doing in our software and our hardware selection really allows us to optimize around cost yet we're also able to deliver up to six times faster write speeds relative to some of the big three hyperscalers. So it's a very novel design. We had the benefit of starting a couple years ago with a clean sheet of paper, as opposed to trying to adapt some legacy environment to the cloud. So in many ways you can say we were born in the cloud, and that gives us a competitive advantage. You're, you're a cloud native. Indeed. I love that. Indeed. So how did, the, how did you two companies find each other? I, I'll take that one. Okay. <laughs> so the, a lot like Jim said, Tiger has sort of come along the same path and that early on when we developed our software to transition from or migrate data from on-prem to the cloud, we had made a decision on how to develop the bridge product. So it's a lot about the technology and matching performance to Wasabi and the performance that they can provide in the cloud. So we decided early on um, since we started in a file system with that NTFS underlying layer. 
that instead of developing a product that sits external and then looks into the file system and looks for changes in data and then makes the decision what to do with it, we actually decided to take advantage of all the work that we've done and the drivers that work directly in the NTFS file system and we develop an HSM engine that talks directly to those drivers. So effectively what that allowed us to do is take an NTFS file system and expend the namespace directly to the cloud. So ultimately what I deliver to the customer, I make Wasabi look like a, a natural native extension of the local file system. So is Wasabi the interface then? If I'm a customer, am I? Uh, are you guys kind of the invisible part of it, and I interact with the Wasabi interface? No, it's no. probably probably actually the alternative because uh, okay. object storage by itself, unless you're using a modern media asset management platform that has a native cloud interface, but that represents a small minority of the infrastructure that's out there. The majority of the infrastructure plums into Alex and Bob's Tiger Technology Got bridge. It and it's the bridge that provides that critically important conversion function to go from file system environments, which represents the majority of the deployments today, to object storage format, where we represent kind of the new world. All and right, so, Alex, here. Yeah, is the goal, well, the goal obviously is for all of us to be invisible. You know, like right. I said, the goal is, right. at the end of the day, the users do not have to change their workflow and daily routine. They need to work with the storage the way they have been working uh, the day before but just with the fact that uh, now the cloud becomes a native extension and they can use the, the, the resources that the cloud brings. And the cloud brings resilience, it brings scalability, the, all things that are really important for growing your data. And growing your data means growing your business here. So, so in other words, you're extending past storage to other capabilities, is that, is yes, that the basic story? the on-prem storage, uh, it's no longer your limiting factor. So effectively right. the cloud becomes a, a native extension of so if you're selling me, if you're trying to sell me on this fabulous synergies between your two companies, what are the kinds of things I could do? The nice thing about Tiger and the whole abstraction of the cloud from the local storage and the application and some of the apprehension for companies and users to go to the cloud is how do I really interface with it? What do I have to do with my applications? Right. What do I have to do with, do I have to change my workflow? What we've done as Tiger is abstract all of that underneath so applications don't have to change at all. We don't actually dictate a change in a workflow and put watch folders and have to you know, move data into a watch folder to move it to the cloud. The user actually tells Bridge or configures Bridge to say monitor these local uh, data structures in place where they exist today. Mm -hmm. So we, we become transparent and visible to the users. So any user that doesn't know how to talk to Wasabi or other cloud technology can instantaneous today install Bridge and connect Wasabi transparently. That sounds like an ideal situation because the user and user wants that kind of seamless workflow. That's right, they want to take advantage of the economics and the performance of the cloud but many users don't want to make a big investment in changing out their existing workflows and infrastructure. So the Tiger platform provides a critical role in solving that problem. So you, if you're a broadcaster and you don't have to make a ton of investment in changing out workflows and new infrastructure as a means of leveraging the power of the cloud. Right, so that means as a user, as an end user, I don't really see anything different. Yeah. And, and uh, it's not only the user, it's also the application vendors because you as a as a user, you're using a set of applications to right. do your work. And the problem is that uh, 
those applications that are used in this industry, they, they have uh, tens of years of background and mm -hmm. refinement and everything. And changing, uh, uh, making a dramatic change as replacing a hierarchical storage, which is what an on-prem file system actually is, mm -hmm. with a not, uh, unstructured storage, what an object storage is. It's a big change for the application vendors and it's not easy and there is a a lot of effort and resilience towards changing those. Of course, there are a set of applications that are born in the cloud, so to say. They natively start with the cloud concepts, but they are a very tiny minority of the tools that are being used on, the, on a day-to-day -day basis. So that we, we believe that we are uh, fitting into solving a problem of uh, not having the, nor their users change their workflow, nor the application vendors having to redo their applications with all the risks associated with that. Interesting, so now is, what is the actual, are you creating a new product together or are you merely integrating your services? How, do, how does, what does it look like as it's a partnership? Integrating the services together, so the, the value of Wasabi with the cost optimized performance model is really a good match for what Tiger has done, being able to take the native workflow at full performance and be able to drive what Wasabi delivers without having an extra hop in between. So is this a done deal? Are you, is this a shipping product, so to speak? Oh, yeah. I have the fortunate benefit of working with Alex's team for almost two years at this point, so ah. we've had many successful deployments in the field and the synergies and the value of what the Tiger Technologies bridge platform provides mated with the value that Wasabi provides is a very powerful combination and we're excited to... So there are deployments, so we work together uh, on the field with customers, so it's, it's a good synergy. Well, having deployed for two years, I'm sure there's been um, a, a, an interesting learning curve. What have the lessons been from your deployments of the last two years? What have you learned from them? Well, we, like I said, we, uh, over these two years, we have been doing a lot of uh, installations and working with customers, and we, we learned our way about what the customer expects. So we learned how to uh, bypass this original obstruction of people saying uh, cloud, and people, like I said, right. whether it's because of the pricing or the infrastructure, there is a lot, of, a lot of challenges for people to embrace the cloud. And we learned how to how to explain to these people what are the benefits, how to guide them through the process of trying it to adopting it. So that's that's the, yeah, the big and, thing. And, and I think there's always certain lesson learns to convey to our mutual customers. So for example, if, if, if the end customer has never worked with a cloud at all before, compute or storage, then you often have to educate them on the proper networking best practices, proper security best practices. So these are not necessarily technology barriers, but they're more educational steps that we need to take place to make sure the customer is successful, especially if they've never done anything with cloud before. Yeah. Well, and you bring up security, and that is certainly a question you hear a lot of people talking about security in the cloud. Do you hear that also, Bob, as you in your travels? What What is the answer if somebody says, oh, I'm afraid of the security I, of my assets? I found <laughs> a lot of people are confusing public uh, public cloud with uh, public access. Uh, I mean, right. they, they feel that if they store something in a public service, that means that everyone has access, which obviously is no. not true. And that has gone a long way of explaining to people that their data is probably much better protected from a security perspective in the cloud compared to in their facility, which to uh, a physical asset, which is difficult to grasp for a but, but I think it's a little hard, you know, in these days when huge amounts of personal data are being lifted from other public yeah. 
technolo technological entities. It's hard to make that case, I yeah, think. Yeah, I understand, but uh, at the same time, uh, these, these, uh, these things happening lead to the fact that there is a huge investment being made, and I'm pretty sure uh, well, oh, uh, is making a lot. Absolutely. In terms of, uh, you know, perhaps five years ago, you didn't have the same degree of protection and authentication mechanisms as you do today. But everything from the transport of the data is encrypted. Uh, there's a concept of encryption at rest. So basically, when you send the data to the cloud storage, it's encrypted on disk. There's capabilities in the platforms themselves, so you can encrypt the data before you even put it on the wire. So you have a wide range of choices to make in terms of how you secure your data. And this comes down to the education part of it. So many times when we talk to the chief security officers in, in these organizations that uh, they're already embracing cloud services for other purposes. And it's a matter of educating them how they apply those security best practices and defense in depth models to the media and entertainment segment. Well, it sounds like education, all three of you spend a certain amount of time educating the client. Is there, have you come up with ways to do that that will, you know, are powerful? I mean, it sounds like with all the conversations you've had, that you could, you could write a textbook. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, what we find is, every customer has a unique requirement, a unique data set, a unique way they store their data and their structures, and what they really want out of cloud, and trying to identify which data sets are, are ideal to go to the cloud versus you know, needing to keep them on-prem, or long-term preservation, data protection, you know, replication, all those models it's a process where you have to have a conversation with each and every customer, go through a full requirement, and then understand you know, which pieces that will apply to their use case, and then being flexible so that I don't, you know, I fit right in with their workflow today without dictating requirements also makes it a lot easier to, uh, to approach them and make cloud approachable for them. Well, it sounds like eventually we'll get over that hump and people will accept the cloud as just something normal that they do. Do you see that in the in the near future? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's occurring every day in terms of if you talk to every single person walking this floor as an end user and, and they're either done something with cloud or they or they plan to do it in the very near future. Is that also your experience? Yeah, I, I, I can clearly see that every day you know, the adoption of the cloud increases and mm -hmm. uh, I believe we are very close to the critical critical point in which everyone would have to use some cloud story. I mean, right. still there are some people that... You know, the, because the economics are there, the performance is there, the data protection is there, so there's no longer any technical or business barriers to moving forward with adoption of the cloud. So what are the next step for, you know, now that you've integrated this, you've proved it, you have proof, lots of proof of concept out there, is there a next step you're thinking of that you can reveal? Oh, I mean, uh, as, as I said, we are part of this process. We believe that in the next, uh, let's say, the near future, we will be doing what we're doing today. Like I said, there is a lot of education or uh, uh, effort involved right. working with our customers. Uh, so I think that uh, there is no, not nothing significant change that is down there. We 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 believe that we brought to the market, uh, uh, you know, and jeans and the the. the the object storage and the economics behind that, we the workflow that that allows its transparent use, and it just needs to make sure that uh, a lot of people here are adopting this approach. I'm, yeah, I'm I, I think one other thing to kind of comment on is that um, 
it's, it's our obligation as infrastructure vendors to make it easier for our customers to consume this wonderful technology we've delivered to the market. And, and one of the things we've recently done is uh, developed a, an alliance called the Media Innovation Cloud Alliance. Uh -huh. Because one of the challenges is like, how does an end user take advantage of the technology that Tiger technology provides, that Wasabi technology provides, that all these other interesting cloud companies provide. So, um, I mean, you can go to an Amazon Web Services or a Microsoft Azure or a GCP, and you can get some moderately capable functions within that family of services, but the Media Innovation Cloud Alliance is really about bringing together best of breed independent vendors and then making it as part of a solution so that if you need transcoding, if you need the bridge functionality, if you need content delivery network, we make it easier for you to consume that so you as an end user can just pick these validated best of breed vendors and know that it's all going to work together. So it's about making it easier to consume the technology that Alex's company provides and my company provides. Well, it's interesting because I think it's true. The media is sees itself as a unique industry because it is a unique industry. So it would make sense that it, that an alliance would bring it all into one public marketplace. Absolutely. So, do you see in the future are are we going to still have these hybrid solutions, or do you think people are going to at some point be entirely in the cloud? Oh, uh, I I don't think this is anytime near. I mean, uh, but <laughs> hybrid is here to stay because. Because uh, this industry, uh, like other industry, but this in particular, there is a lot of data that is actually produced and have to be processed on the edge. Right. I mean, uh, you can't shoot directly in the cloud. I mean, it's like... Uh, so it will always be some version of a that's hybrid. That's my belief. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think for the foreseeable future, because um, as, as Alex alludes to, that um, there may be local processing requirements that are needed, and, and, and until the the world is interconnected with 100 gigabit per second connectivity, just the speed that needs to, uh, to, to be delivered to make this happen. So, and then plus you have a lot of investment in some of these premises platforms and it may take five years to kind of wind down that investment and embrace cloud at a larger scale. Well, unfortunately we're out of town, but I suggest that we get together same place, same time next year and talk yeah. about um, the latest in the cloud then. Right? Certainly to be, to be different. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You've been listening to NAB Show Live at NAB 2019, brought to you by Broadcast Beat. Thank you so much. We'll be away for a few seconds and come back with another very interesting panel. Thank you. All right.